the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture, comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and His eternal kingdom with Earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me again with Season Watch. And let's uh, just start with prayer. Lord, we just, uh, we put our lives, we put our hope in Your hands, and we thank You that You've promised never to leave us or forsake us. We thank you that you've put people in our lives to encourage us and to uphold us. Uh, And we thank you, God, that you've promised a future and a hope. And that in these times, as things may go very difficult and dark, uh, our eyes are on you. So help us, Jesus, to walk in the ways that you have set forth for us. Uh, Bless us, Lord, with your spirit and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, friends, thank you again for joining me. And I want to remind you to email me your questions about how to talk to unbelievers, right? So if people have another faith or if they don't believe anything at all, or if they have evolution or anything like that, anything that you're running into where you want to know, hey, how can I respond to that? Please email me uh, questions and we'll start answering them on the show. And uh, you can email me at wscott at mywordsforhim.com, wscott at mywordsforhim.com, or you can go on the K-Praise uh, website and go to Season Watch page, and you can click on the link there directly. And um, I just wanted to tell everybody I have uploaded, um, I've done a a reading of The Hiding Place, the book The Hiding Place. It's ex- extremely um, encouraging, especially as, as times get difficult for us. And so I've done that. It's on my Rumble channel. And if you can go to Wendy's Words for Him on my Rumble channel, and it's the one that's, uh, I have three channels. It's the one that says Hiding Place, The Hiding Place. And you can listen to the whole Hiding Place, uh, if you can put up with my voice that long, and be encouraged. You can just listen, listen in your car. Send it to others because... Uh, Uh, It's very encouraging. Anyway, so, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. If you don't know it, please pray for wisdom. You should be noticing things. And um, as I record uh, this on Tuesday, a second bank has failed and um, another's imminent. I'm sorry to say that this is likely the start of what we've been talking about. And it's time to understand the season that we're in. Jesus chastised the Pharisees as being naysayers for rejecting him as their Messiah. And as their leaders, uh, as leaders, they had great responsibility and influence over the sheep uh, of God. And he has entrusted them to their care. And yet uh, they highly esteem man more than God. And so Jesus rebuked them, saying, remember in Matthew 16, 3, hypocrites, <laughs> you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. And Luke 
1152, woe to you, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who are entering in you hindered. And so let that be a reminder to us today. It's clear that things are happening. Things are being shaken up. And uh, the banking system looks like it may start to unravel. They're not going to bail it out this time as in 2008. And friends, I just ask you to be prayerful. And uh, Jesus warned that to look for these things so that we would wake up uh, and prepare others to see Jesus. So don't listen when they say peace and safety or that all things are continuing as the beginning. Pay attention, and uh, hopefully we can share about Jesus with others. If they refuse, that's their decision, but we can't go around telling everyone, oh, nothing's new, don't worry, everything's fine. I mean, you may want to say that, but is that true? Remember, that's what the 9-11 operators said to the people working in the second tower. And then the second plane hit. So let's not be like that. Let's pay attention. You're not an alarmist. If it's true, you're a watchman on the wall. And it's your duty to be the follower of Jesus and to be that watchman. And I believe everything is about to unravel because, first of all, that's what they're planning. It's on purpose. They've explained their plans, very detailed plans, right? They want to get us on the digital currency. They need a crisis to do it. And here we go. And then the other reason is that God told us these things were coming. So you put those two together. I think this is it, right? And you need to be ready you, so you won't be surprised when things fall apart. Uh, you can be calm and give people peace and hope. Only in Jesus. There's only hope in Jesus. And so it's our responsibility to settle our hearts and be prepared and be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in us. And if it's not the time, then you'll still be about his business, right? You just have to get an emergency plan, just as if you lived in a hurricane zone, right? That you, You're not an alarmist if you get ready in case there's an emergency. So I urge you to discern this season and pray for wisdom, discerning these coming months, and you'll want to hear from the Lord and then find out what uh, he wants you to do and then just trust in his provision, right? And be ready to help others. That's really important. You have to square away your own life, your own understanding of where we are in the this time so that you're ready to help others, right? Just like they say on the uh, in the airline, uh, secure your own mask and then be prepared to give it, secure the other. So as I've said before, I believe that this is the year that the Lord's going to return for us. And whether I'm right or wrong, there are clear signs that all things that have been written are coming to pass. And people will say, you know, but God can turn things around. Yes, of course he can turn things around. He can. But why should he? He told us this time was coming so that we would recognize it and not close our eyes. And people are going to be dying in their sin because we don't want to be concerned. That doesn't make sense. And there is about to be a great crisis in the land. All the economists are saying so. Um, And the labor pains have started. They're coming faster and harder, closer together. And we already had our King Josiah moment. Remember, we talked about that. And then the spiritual coup took place. It took over the country. Actually, it's taken over the world. And this is just like when God postponed his judgment on Judah, which he'd warned the kings about for a very long time. He warned king after king after king he was going to judge Judah. And he gave Judah one last good king to try and turn them around. And this king was like no other. And he went back to the foundations. He caused everyone to know the laws, to know the Lord. He purged the false gods from the land. But after he was gone, the people went right back to their sinning and their whoring against God, as he put it. And 
they even got worse. The sad description of this time is found in Second Chronicles chapter 36, uh, starting in verse 14. Moreover, all the leaders and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to him, to them by his messengers, rising early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked his messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people and there was no remedy. Isn't that sad? Therefore, he brought against them the judgment. And he will bring his long foretold judgment against the world. He has not made it a secret. So friends, fasten your truth belts as we talk today about the tipping point, a spiritual principle. All right, so last week we finished looking at the two futures that Jesus revealed through the differences recorded in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, uh, the account of the Olivet Discourse, right? And we noted that Luke 21 recorded prophecies, instructions, or promises that seemed to apply to the first century church and the true church that would be raptured. And some notable differences that we found in Luke 21 were um, verse 20, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you'll know the desolation is near. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. And that's, of course, after he describes the wars and the rumors of wars. <clears throat> so also, when you see these things happen, know that the kingdom of God is near. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on the whole earth, those who dwell on the whole face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we see it's clear that the last day's prophecies in Luke contain the promise to faithful believers that he that we will escape all these things coming on the earth, which is the tribulation period. And um, the description of the fall of Jerusalem is what sets it apart from Matthew. So we see the fall of Jerusalem, which is a warning to the first century church. Hey, when you see this happen, flee, right? Because he wanted them to spread the gospel anyway. And then when he says, talks about the wars and the rumors of wars and the fig tree, budding, he says, uh, look up, your redemption's near, pray you're, you're, you can escape these things. And so we see that's the what Jesus established in Luke. But in Matthew, we noted different prophecies, instructions, and promises, starting in 24, verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whosoever reads, let him understand. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world. Until this time, no, nor shall ever be. And unless those days are shortened, no flesh will be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Now, learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth the leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things take place. And so we see the distinction is that 
In Luke, he describes the destruction of Jerusalem, which was in 70 AD. And in Matthew, he says when this everything's in the basically the same order, he warns about the abomination of desolation. You have to be left behind because that's during the seven-year tribulation period, and that's a warning. Um, Jesus provides instructions to those will, who will receive him after the rapture to prepare them for what to expect, right? That's what he does. He prepares his friends for what will come and what to do, and most of all, to hold fast to their faith by enduring till the end. They cannot take the mark of the beast, and we went over that in the last episode. Moreover, these instructions are specifically to his beloved Israel. I mean, he talks about fleet in the mountains, right? So this is to Israel specifically, um, and who he's going to bring back to himself through the fire, right? So bringing them through this trial will return them, and they'll realize that when the Antichrist goes in and declares himself God in the rebuilt temple, he'll Every, you know, hopefully a good number of Jews will realize this is, this, is, this is a lie, and they'll realize they missed their Messiah. And then they'll flee, and they'll try to get away, and, and of course, God will protect them as we've gone over before. Um, and Ezekiel, Zechariah, Isaiah, and other prophets record that in this millennial kingdom, Israel will be restored and honored just as Jesus prophesied. So, um, he said in Matthew twenty four thirty four to um, Israel, therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them will, you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as hens gather her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say to you, you shall not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a prophecy. And they will, they will say that. And we've talked in the past about how um, God reaches out to the Jews. It's the 70th week described in Daniel where the um, Jacob's trouble and the tribulation will happen, but it will be uh, to bring his people back to him. So we see in these two accounts that, as we've already noted, concerning the letters uh, to the last two churches in Revelation, we see these distinctions there as well. So the first is to Philadelphia, the faithful church. Revelation 3, 7. Um, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write these things, who is holy, who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door. By the way, God set before us an open door, right? Whenever they talk about open door, it's to be effectual for the, for the church, for the preaching, for the gospel. So when he says, I've set before you an open door, um, that's us. And no one could shut it, for you have a little strength, but you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Because you've kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And so, as we've discussed in detail, the Church of Philadelphia represents the church that will be raptured, right? We see right immediately in chapter 4 
um, when John is told, come up hither. And, um, and so we know that Philadelphia represents the church that will be raptured. They have a little strength, and but they hold on to his word. They do not deny his name. And there's a lot of people denying that Jesus is the only way. A lot of people compromising on the word, changing it for the times. And so um, this is us. This is us because we are, we are holding on and faithful, even though we are weak and small in this generation. And so we should be the rapture church, and that's just what we were talking about with the Luke, uh, preparation for being raptured. And then we see the last or the seventh letter went to Laodicea, and Jesus had only warnings for them. He had nothing good to say to this last church, and that's Revelation three fourteen. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. I could wish you were hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, I become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. Ooh, I don't want to go through the fire. That you may be rich and white garments, that you may be clothed, that your shame and your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chase, and therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And that's such an intimate invitation. Um, and that's to the church. That's to the church. And that's Jesus' invitation today to all those who are lukewarm, who bear the Lord's name in vain, those who might be hypocrites, who associate with the house of God for some worldly benefit, whether they realize it or not. Uh, the heart is deceitfully wicked, right? Who can know it? But the Holy Spirit can. Let him examine your heart. We have to be ready. The word of God can discern. Read it and let it pierce into your heart, your your soul and your spirit, and let it discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. Paul warned in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. That's the challenge, and we must constantly examine where we are walking with God, right? Because the Lord will separate the wheat from, from the chaff. He will not tarry forever. And there's a spiritual tipping point where God steps in and judges with righteousness. So we see this tipping point played out, actually, and we're going to talk about this spiritual tipping point um, in Genesis 18 and 19 in the account of Abraham's encounter with the Lord on his way to Sodom. And there's an important spiritual principle that we can glean concerning the remnant and God's righteous judgment. Are you among the remnant? It seems like there always is just a remnant. He speaks always about a remnant from the very beginning, right? Seth's line was a remnant. And we see the remnant in Noah. And we see the remnant in, you know, all the way through. And God always selects a remnant to preserve his name and his faithfulness and his faithful people. And so make sure you're with the remnant. And so if you want to look at the account as we go quickly through it, you can open to Genesis 18.1. Remember, you can always listen to the podcast if you want to get that again. Um, and then Genesis 18.1, we find this remarkable account where the Lord and two angels uh, are passing by Abraham on the way to Sodom. I mean, that's amazing. And uh, so we see this account in Genesis 18.1. Then the Lord appeared to him by the trees in Mamre as he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. 
So he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, Lord, now if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. And so they actually stayed, and Abraham prepared him food for the three of them, and they ate. Isn't that interesting? And we pick up in Genesis eighteen sixteen. Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them and sent them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? And the Lord said, Because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because of their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come up to me. And if not, I'll know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? These are our questions we have today, right? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Listen to the anguish in his voice. And so actually Abraham continued uh, asking all the way until verse 32. Um, and then it says verse 32. Then he said, let, let, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. But once more, suppose 10 should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. So the Lord went his way. And as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, um, so the Lord sends the angels to the city to check into cry of the city. And so the first thing we want to consider is why did the Bible record the entire exchange of Abraham's request? It took him a lot of verses. And yeah, I didn't read them all, but he goes through the whole bargaining. He starts with the 50 saying, will you, pres- will you destroy the city or will you preserve the city for the 50's sake? And then he goes down to, what about 45? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? And it's amazing how, God, uh, how Abraham in his anguish is speaking to the Lord and, and advocating, right? That's what's happening here. So let's look at Abraham's concern that God would bring judgment on the righteous, treating them the same as the wicked. He was concerned about that. So he begged the judge of all the earth to do right, right? Because Abraham knew it was wrong to throw the righteous who serve God in with the wicked in judgment and not to set a difference between them. So throughout the whole Bible, we see that God always sets the righteous apart and honors them. And he shows he does this to show the wicked that he favors the righteous. Right. Even when when terrible things happen, it's not at the hand of God. It's always at the hands of a sinful world. But when God judges, he sets the righteous apart. We see it pattern over and over and over again. He sets them apart and so that the righteous uh, will be an example. And then we see that Abraham's request is that God spare the city for the sake of the righteous. Spare the whole city. Now, that's an interesting point. He's not even just talking about spare the righteous. He says, will you spare the city for the sake of the righteous. And so this is Abraham's intercession for the city, that God would withhold his judgment on the city for the sake of the righteous. So why would that be? Why would that be? Um, Here we see the first aspect of the spiritual principle. As long as there are enough 
righteous people in the city, see if, see if you get this, as long as there are enough righteous people in the city, there is hope that the city can be transformed and the people in it can come to saving knowledge of the one true God. But then why did Abraham stop at 10, right? Did he believe that 10 people was enough to have a transformative influence on the city and the people? Well, by the light of these faithful righteous, others would, little by little, come to the knowledge of truth. Maybe that's what he believed. That must be the case, though, because God agreed to spare the city for the sake of 10 righteous, suggesting God's spiritual principle is that if there is a certain percentage of people who trust in him, and if the conditions are open to others receiving their witness, then God can still work there. But why did why was Abraham satisfied to stop at 10? I believe that he thought there were 10 righteous people in Sodom. He thought, okay, I'm satisfied. There's 10 people in Sodom, so I think you'll spare the city, right? And who would those be? Lot, his wife, their daughters, and husbands. <laughs> so he thinks that there's enough righteous pe- people to spare the city. And I believe that uh, in thinking this, there was probably uh, some hope. But the Lord... Um, apparently agreed that if there's 10 righteous people, that he would spare the city. So next time, we're going to see how this applies as we finish out the account. And uh, while the season comes rapidly upon us, fear not, right? But be ready. As Paul reminded in 1 Thessalonians 5.1, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Neither let us, uh, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. Do you have that? Are you wearing it? And love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, Obtain from every form, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Amen. All right, and until then, God bless you all, and and please, if you don't know the Lord, please make sure that you accept his payment for your sins today, because things are going to get crazy around here. God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. 
Wendy's Words for Him. Her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.